Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Buenos dias, Feliz Navidad. We're glad that you're here this morning with us. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, what's up? Glad you're here. Turn to your other neighbor and say, did you go Christmas shopping yet? Just ask that question, see what kind of dialogue, what kind of look that you get from that. So thankful for Black Friday. I know it's American consumerism, but I'm so thankful. Here's why, because I never have to second guess what I'm going to get for Christmas, because whatever the doorbuster is, that's what my mama's getting. And I love it because we're already done. And all you suckers are sitting there like stressing out. If you would just buy in, just give in to the holiday, it will better off your life. It'll be so much better. Hey, last Christmas, we did this series called Mas Navidad, and it was super fun. We had exciting times talking about Christmas symbolism. And if you want like a, a perky, exciting message on why we do Christmas, then tune in to that, but we're going to swing the pendulum this next three weeks. And the pendulum's this, is we're moving all the way to this fact that Christmas is not the most pleasant time of the year for 45% of Americans. For 45% of people, they, they just want the holiday to be over with. Well, if you were to talk to any public official, um, if you were to talk to Daniel, our security officer, our police officer out there, he would let you know that suicide rates are actually at an all-time high in, during the month of December. It's not the most joyful time. And, and the reason being is because there, there's lots of reasons, but we find maybe because there's some unmet expectations during the holidays. Maybe we find that it, it just, we find ourselves anxious and depressed. Maybe some of us have experienced loss this year, and anytime we get together for the holiday, it reminds us of that loss. For whatever reason it is, I just know that for a lot of us, for 45% of us in this room, it may not be the most joyful time of the year. And I love Christmas. I, I love everything about it. Come to our house. We have three Christmas trees. Four if you count that real little one, which will count. So four Christmas trees. I mean, so... We love this holiday, and I believe that this holiday is good. I believe that Christmas is great, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to have baby dedications on Christmas, just like Jesus was a baby. I mean, it's going to be awesome. In, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have all our kids up here for our children's program, our Christmas program. So God's doing a lot in Christmas. We love Christmas songs. Tonight, we're going to sing a bunch of Christmas songs. So bring, bring your parents, because it's going to be awesome. And, uh, and so we're excited about all that, but I do realize that not all of us enjoy this holiday. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. This will be our theme verse for the next couple of weeks. It says this, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The message version says this, if your heart is broken, You'll find God right there. You're kicked in the gut. He'll help you catch your breath. So thankful for that, knowing that there's brokenness and brokenheartedness and, and unmet expectations is what I want to talk about today. Next week, we're going to talk about anxiety and depression. And then and third week, we're going to talk about the pain of loss. 
but unmet expectations. So my friends and I, we love doing this little holiday together. We call it Thanksmas. It's like it was before Friendsgiving. It was it was the first Friendsgiving. In fact, everybody just copied us. Thanksgiving, Christmas, all together with your friends, and we did this thing called the White Elephant Gift. Have you ever heard of it? The White Elephant Gift, you, you set them in at $10, $20, $100 if you're in oil-filled West Texas. Whatever it is, you know, you set the limit. You go and you buy something special, you wrap it, you put it in a pile, you draw numbers, and whatever number you are, you go get a... You go get a gift, you unwrap it, everybody says, ooh and all, or you can trade your gift and snatch someone else's. I love snatching presents, right? You just love snatching stuff like candy from a baby. It's awesome. <laughs> just me. Well, I love it, man. I love just making everybody squirm and, and fear that Ben's going to come snatch their present. But, but something happened to our Thanksgiving. One day, somebody was opening a gift, and out of that gift came a pumpkin roll loaf, one of those cream cheese ones that they wrapped the bread in. The problem with this pumpkin roll loaf was this, is it was three years old. It was three years old. This thing was as hard as a brick. It, it didn't even mold anymore. It was just plastic because it had so many preservatives in it. And it kept getting passed around from Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving, and the fear was, who's going to get this gift? And when you did, let me tell you, there were some unmet expectations. Some unmet expectations in this. And we find this to be true. I hate unmet expectations. I wish life was gravy. I wish, I wish it was awesome. I wish everything I expected happened. Except I don't. Otherwise, I'd be married to Angela from seventh grade. And that would not be good for anyone. Not Benson, not Brielle, not anyone. Not for Angela. So I'm just telling you, thank God that he protects us from some of our expectations. But we have a lot of unmet expectations. If you're from Dallas, you know, the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, every year, you're hoping for something good. Nothing. Nothing. And I wish Chase Gilbert was here just to hear that. If I'm going to send on this podcast, it's going to be awesome. You know, some of us have all these unmet expectations. Maybe you just got married, you, you registered for all your wedding gifts, you're excited about them, and somebody gives you like a picture frame. Like, what the, that was not on my registry. Like, unmet expectations. And it's the weird picture frame where you have no idea where it came from. So you can't even return it. Like, just include a gift receipt. Come on, people. Nothing. We all have unmet expectations, and if you live life long enough, you're going to have some expectations that are unmet, unfulfilled. The reality is this, is that some people came in this room with some very serious unmet expectations. Some broken promises, thinking maybe their marriage would turn out a certain way, thinking different things would turn out a certain way. And so whatever you came with today, I'm going to tell you and encourage you in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 is a story about John. John was crazy. John the crazy Baptist. I mean, he was out in the country, out in the wilderness, proclaiming the kingdom of God and said, repent for the kingdom is at hand. He was Jesus' best friend. I mean, they were primos. They were cousins. They, they went back all the way to the womb. They were womb brothers. 
I mean, it was, I mean, they were there. It was, it was Jesus and John. John had the privilege of actually baptizing Jesus. No pressure, right? Like, I'm scared sometimes to baptize some of you, honestly, you know? I'm just like, can I get them under the water? Like, and how long do I hold them there for it to count? And, you know, it's like, that's what I wonder sometimes. Just my thoughts on, you know, a messed up individual just like you. And, and what kind of pressure did John have baptizing Jesus? Nonetheless, he baptized Jesus. Him and Jesus, they were, they were very, very close. And then John finds himself in Luke 7, arrested and in prison. If you have your Bibles, verse 18, if you don't have them, it'll be on the screen. John's disciples told him about all these things, calling two of them. He sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to, to you to ask, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. He gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. John had some unmet expectations. He thought him and Jesus were going to grow old together. He thought that he was going to be in Jesus' kingdom. He thought all of these things, and then he finds himself in prison. And when you have unmet expectations, the first thing it does is it causes a little doubt or confusion. Just a little confused. Well, what's happening, God? I, I don't really understand what's going on. Maybe, maybe you know, you get the pumpkin loaf. Like, what, what happened? I don't really understand what's going on. Who would do such a thing? Maybe, maybe it was something like that, or, or maybe it was a failed marriage, or, or something else, or a failed test in school, and you, you studied for so long, did three years of med school, and you fell. Like unmet expectations. Like, really, what, what happened, God? And there's a little bit of doubt and confusion. But if we were to know Jesus and know God's heart, and as you read the scripture and you ask these questions, you always ask, okay, God, what is your character? What is your character? Because I'm confused right now. I'm doubting. And I just need to understand your character. Well, in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, we know that God is not a God of confusion. But he is a peace. He is a God of peace. And so if you're confused or you're wondering about all this disorder in your life and you're wondering what's happening, you just you take a look at God and you realize, God, you have to be up to something a little bit bigger because I'm confused right now. And your questions are okay for God. Did you know that? You don't question God, but you can ask him questions, right? And do it. Ask him questions. Ask him, wonder why. In fact, that's what John did. Go ask Jesus these questions. I'm so confused. And unmet expectations can then cause bitterness. If unresolved, it can cause bitterness. That, that you move into this place that, that leads you to, to wonder what's going on, and you start getting a little embittered. In fact, in verse 23, it says, Do not stumble. Do not stumble. Bless anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Those who don't stumble but trust Jesus as he says and he promises and he brings clarity to all your confusion. Do not stumble, but the enemy loves to twist stuff, doesn't he? He loves to tell you, hey, this is why you're confused. The, 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 the word right there, stumble, is like a bait stick. 
Where he's, the enemy's just trying to bait you in and get you in so he can trap you because bitterness is a trap. It will trap you. It will paralyze you. And if your doubt and confusion moves to bitterness, you're going to find yourself in a very dangerous place that you wish you were not. John had a lot of reasons to get him bitter. I mean, his primo's out there with 12 new best friends. I mean, they're, they're hanging out. They're doing life together, doing, doing all these things. Did Jesus forget about me in my jail cell? Did Jesus forget about what I did for him? Did Jesus forget that I went to church every day and this still happened? Jesus forget that. And you can, you can find yourself getting into that snare of bitterness. And if you become embittered, you'll definitely, surely become a gossip. Because under expectations can move to our third step of gossip, where, where you take the bait of offense and you start talking about other people. In fact, that's what gossip is, is talking or complaining about anyone who can't help the situation. One pastor says this, if you didn't see it with your eyes or hear it with your own ears, don't reinvent it with your small mind or talk about it with your big mouth. Let me say that again, if you didn't see it with your eyes or hear it with your own ears, don't reinvent it with your small mind or talk about it with your big mouth. But that's what we do when we're embittered. We can move into this place of wanting to hurt other people. Because hurt people want to hurt people. It's really what happens. If you're wondering why somebody is bringing up this this weird thing against you, it's probably because deep down they're hurt. They're hurt. There's some unmet expectation. Maybe they're wondering why I'm single and they quit trusting God with their singleness, quit trusting God with what he wants to do with their life. And they become a little confused about, is my spouse ever going to come? Is this ever going to work out? And then they get a little embittered. And then they find themselves hurting everyone. Maybe you've been around some people like that. Maybe you are that. Maybe you found yourself in a marriage and, and I have all these expectations. How is it going to be? It's going to be awesome. It's, every day is going to be a honeymoon, man. Did somebody tell me otherwise? I will quickly find out. Because, you know, all these expectations that I put on my marriage and put on my spouse, and, and a lot of them probably unfair. Some of them just, but some of them unfair. And what happens is that begins to get you embittered. And you start gossiping. And you know it very well, right? In the break room, in the work room, all of a sudden somebody's talking about their wife, talking about their husband. Well, you can't believe what he did today. Maybe you find yourself in school. It's an epidemic in high school, right? Like you're always unmet expectations. He didn't ask you to prom. He didn't ask you to homecoming, right? You weren't first chair in orchestra. All these things, just broken expectations. You get embittered and you start gossiping about everybody. When we find ourselves gossiping, it doesn't, and gossip has no preference. It has no age preference. It, it, can, it can become a victim of all of us. All of us can find ourselves in this. So what do we do? What do we do when we find ourselves here? What do we do when, when we have the unmet expectations of our job and we were let go? What do we do with all this confusion? Well, two things is, is to stop doubt. To stop doubt is look for the best. Look for the best. If you, if you want to stop doubt and, 
and not let it move into unbelief. You see, doubt is in your mind, but um, um, belief is your will. And so if in your mind moves to your belief, then you've lost faith. And, and that's not what God wants for you, but everything the enemy would desire for you. You have to look for the best. And John in prison, it was easy. Do I want to live here forever or do I want my head to be cut off? He started playing these would you rather games, right? Because when you're at your worst, you play these would you rather games, isn't it? You get real dark real quick. Would you rather be itchy all over or sticky? Would you rather say everything you think or never say anything at all? <laughs> Alyssa's looking at me like, I'm going to say everything. <laughs> because she does. That's good. <laughs> Would you rather have the hiccups the rest of your life or always feeling you have to sneeze but can't? <laughs> The enemy loves to keep you in this place of offense where the only outcome is bad situations. Would you rather situations? But I will tell you that John was at a place where he was confused. He was doubting. He realized that he needed to look for the best. To look for the best, you have to look at the best. And that's Jesus. That's exactly what John did. He started looking at Jesus. And I want you to go ask him because I need clarity for my life. And I think 45% of the people who came to Luminous this morning need clarity for their life. The second thing you have to do is you have to look around. You know, this Christmas season is so fun. Poinsettias and Christmas trees and gifts and Christmas music. Wherever you go, you can't escape it. You're in the bathroom like, oh my goodness. Wherever you go, it's Christmas season, and it's fun, and it's exciting, but if you have unmet expectations, you're really just waiting for the holiday to end. Can we just get on to 2017? That'd be so much better. And what you can do is you can start looking around. Have you ever watched a two-year-old open a gift? Like, it's awesome. I'm really excited because we're going to get Vincent this really cool toy that I can't tell you because you'll tell him and then it'll ruin everything. And so we're going to give him this really cool toy and I just can't wait that he comes downstairs and he sees this. You see, when you start looking around and you start seeing what's happening, it gets your, your, you off of yourself and your present circumstance. And that's what, that's what Jesus said, go tell John this. Go tell John this because all John can see is prison cell and prison walls. That's all he can see. But, but go tell John this, that, that the blind see. Go tell John this, that the lame walk. Go tell John that the leper is healed. Go tell John that the dead come to life. Go tell John that the gospel is given to the poor. If you start focusing on God's expectations and what Jesus is doing, your expectations will quickly change. Go, go tell John all this stuff. And, and all these things are happening. And I'm sure John was thinking, man, all these people had broken expectations. In order for a blind man to see, he must be blind. In order for a dead man to come to life, he must be dead. 
And so all these people are in their present circumstance, but God comes to redeem your present circumstance. And if you came in wondering, is God for you? Is, is God have me in mind? Those 45%, does God even know me? Does he even know what I'm going through? Yes, he does. Jesus knows you. He knows exactly what you need. And he says he will make all things new. And I know that he's good on his promises. See, I know good. Jesus is good on his promises. Vincent's in the season where he's loving Santa Claus. It's just super crazy. I just, I want to like say, he's not real. <laughs> but it's so cute. So I'm wrestling with that as a pastor and, you know, we can argue about it. I just don't know what to do. But, but a couple months ago, he was walking in the store and he saw Santa Claus up on the shelf and he goes, hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo's coming, hoo-hoo. I'm like, what, buddy? Hoo-hoo, ho-ho, yeah, ho-ho. Ho-ho's coming. And so we corrected him a little bit, ho-ho, but we still like hoo-hoo because it's funny. It's nostalgia, you know? Like, we got to get on Instagram story or something before it's gone. So ho-ho's coming, and he's so excited for Christmas and all this stuff. But, but what I'm most excited about is, yeah, Santa Claus is coming to town, all that stuff, Vincent. But what I'm excited about, Vincent, is gathering around this nativity scene. And I'm excited, son, because this holiday is super fun, and we've commercialized it to make it even more fun for you. But, but you know what's really fun? It's when you look at Jesus, and you see him clearly, and you see that God's good on his promises. Because there's going to be lots of times that you question God, if God is good, and God is real, and God will make good on his promises. You'll wonder if God has your best in mind oftentimes, but... When you look at Jesus, you'll remember. You see, once Adam and Eve were separated from God because he's holy and they were not because they sinned, God promised the Messiah. He promised that baby in the nativity scene and he, he said, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring him into the world. The Lamb of God will take away the sin of the world and John will begin to prepare people for him. You see, son, when we look at this nativity scene, we're going to see Jesus. And we're going to see that God is good on his promises, that he showed up and he brought Jesus. And we're going to see Jesus grow up without sin for over 30 years. And then he made good choices, not bad choices. Then he chose us, not himself. And that he was all sacrificial and all loving. And, and as he came, God protected him from the enemy. And he protected him in Luke chapter 4. When Jesus saw the bait switch and he saw the thing that could make him stumble, he said, no, I'm not going to stumble on account of any of these because I have come to save the world. Jesus was good on his promise up to the cross by being obedient to take our place so that the dead could have life. Because that's what he does. So maybe you came in this morning with some unmet expectations. And I don't want to deny who you are. Some of you have come wrapped up in the holiday season. You don't really want to show anybody what's going on inside of you. You just are wishing and hoping that this season will be over, I'm asking you over the next couple weeks to unwrap yourself. You would just let Jesus move. 
And maybe you would find yourself in a prison cell. Would you just go ask Jesus? Go ask him. Are you who you say you are? Because here's what I know and here's what I've come to tell you. Is that found people find people. Hurt people may hurt people, but found people find people. And when we live on the mission that God has purposed for our life, to tell other people about who Jesus is, it changes us forever. And our perspective becomes new. You would stand with me this morning. I'm so thankful that you made it out to Luminous Church today. So thankful that we got to worship together. And uh, I didn't even say this earlier, but Olivia, who led worship this morning, is on our Mid-Cities Church album. And she is a killer worship leader. She's on her vacation, decided to come lead worship for us. Super incredible, thankful for her. I'm thankful that tonight we're going to sing Christmas songs and we're going to eat cake at 6 o'clock. Nothing but cake. Yes. It's going to be really awesome, really fun. It's going to be so family. But I don't want to live in denial of this, that I know people are hurting. I know people are broken. I know that there's anxiety and depression and people have lost loved ones. We're going to talk about that in the next couple weeks. Because if I know anything, that Jesus is hope. He's hope. Give me a hopeless people, they're dead already. But if we find a hopeful people, the world will change because the gospel will go forth and lives will be made new. I love you, church. Father, we just thank you so much for what you're doing. Lord, I just pray that you would just bless everybody in this place. I pray that you would touch them, watch over them. Father, I pray for those who are hurting and mourning and another Christmas reminds them of another sorrow. I pray, Jesus, that you would just, for a moment, let them unwrap themselves and move and comfort like you comfort, heal like you heal, love like you love, and move them to mission. We thank you for what you're doing. You're so wonderful. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll have Alyssa and Chantal and a few of our prayer workers up here praying for people. Come get prayer. We love you. Have a great Sunday. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org. Thank you for listening to this week's message.